Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast with me, Jick. And I'm Riff. And me, Hot Stuff. Hot Riff, God, just, just hot. never, you never ever get it right. Well, maybe you two are the ones who aren't getting it right. <laughs> okay, that's that's probably it. If everyone except you is doing something one way and you're doing it another, it's probably because everyone yeah. other than you is wrong. Well, the, if, if everyone else is a sample size of two... <laughs> Hey, listen, if Kevin and I jumped off a bridge, would you not jump off the bridge, <laughs> dummy? It depends on why you did it. <laughs> oh, the bridge like, is on fire. Is, yeah, is it on fire? Is there like a huge sponsorship deal that I'm I'm not aware of? It's a bridge over a river of ladies. Wait, a sponsorship deal of... <laughs> a sponsorship deal? Yeah. Wait, yeah, we're Just professional jump bungee jumpers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jump off this bridge by Mountain Dew. <laughs> I guess Nike, just do it, maybe. Yeah, that was a this might be apocryphal, but the the origin of that phrase was that a guy about to be executed. And they asked if he had any last words and he said, just do it. And then yeah. Nike was like, that's cool. That'll be our slogan. Huh. Well, the advertising agency was, yeah, that's cool. Let's let's pitch this to Nike. Did you know that Nike uh, shoes were originally designed to uh, be uh, insulated uh, footwear for people being electrocuted to death? Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. That swoosh is their ghost leaving through their <laughs> feet. They have two two ghosts on each foot. Two ghosts, one cup. Mm, yeah. We were uh we were talking about uh, uh Nicolas Cage earlier and uh how he he bought that haunted house in New Orleans and then I made the joke that when he got into all of that tax trouble and stopped being able to pay the mortgage on his haunted house, his haunted house was repossessed. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah, it got you fired. It did. Uh, you guys want to just get right into the fucking Kingdom of Loathing questions? Actually, I guess uh, a little bit of an update can happen. Um, there has been not a lot of for- forward-facing action. Um, wait, did we do a Twitch event since last time? Yeah. How long ago was that? That that was this weekend. Yeah, this past weekend. This was like four days ago? Uh-huh. Wow. That seems... Anyway, that was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot less work than a lot of them have been, and I don't think people enjoyed it any less. <laughs> I thought you were just going to end the sentence there. I don't think people enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if people enjoyed it or not. I mean, certainly fewer people enjoyed it than previous times. I think that leaving the event open past the stream actually probably is bad for the stream being well attended probably because i think there's mm. a lot more people who don't care yeah they're not about actually watching the, the process they just want yeah. the stuff yeah sure um and i think a lot of those people if they were playing if if they knew it wasn't going to be there except during the stream they would come and watch the stream i don't know that just getting viewer numbers up is itself and yeah that's good. what i was gonna say so it, i mean is eh, it whatever. necessary that yeah but what about all our ad revenue? Yeah. Ad <laughs> revenue. Mm. Ah, real monsters revenue. Yeah. We're selling ads for ah, real monsters. <laughs> ah, towing. We're ah, game development. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No, we we go beyond AAA. Yeah. Um Six tuple A. Oh least. man, do you think in J.J. Abrams' new Star Wars uh, movie they'll have upgraded walkers that are ads? <laughs> yes. Um, Crimbo was 
almost done so, sort of i get fuck i don't know man there's a bunch of writing and stuff like but i'm real happy with a how thing. it's turning out yeah i'm really happy with a thing that was a kind of a late addition hmm. to it aesthetically and wasn't a lot of work but made it suddenly feel way realer to me uh uh i yesterday prototyped a new sorceress tower quest there's a lot to fill in there's yeah, a lot there of yeah. decisions to make many of those decisions are just decisions about boring numbers and stuff so that's fine we'll just do it um yeah that's 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 how the next challenge path is pretty much proceeding it's like nearly done except for this little bit and then all the numbers yeah but you know it's fine they're mostly going to be twos mm-hmm. <laughs> yep avatar of two avatar of deuce Sure. Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the level 11 quest, you're a stapler. Oh, man. Uh, you know that prank where you shit in somebody's tea bags? It's called a Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> you I have like to know that. that you have to know that Bigelow is a, a brand, brand of yeah. tea. To, yeah, it's to deep. Do it's that. got a lot of yeah. layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, what a horrible thing to do to someone. <laughs> Haha, uh-huh, you drink. And what a strange juice. thing to have to do to set up this prank. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they probably notice yeah, before I think they drink. <laughs> like, just, you know, tea has this refreshing smell, and this would. Yeah, anything, it's like before you drink it, you definitely put the mug in front of your face, and you're like, before you do this shit. prank, you eat a lot of mint. <laughs> okay, all right. You graze, you graze exclusively on chamomile flowers yep. for, for several days. days. Yeah. That might actually do, work. I was doing you a favor. Yeah. That's, God. You'd what? be so sleepy. You would be so sleepy okay. all the time if that's... You know, because there's that coffee that... Yeah, like the monkeys, civet, like civet coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monkeys like eat it and then poop it out or whatever. Yeah. So this could just become like maybe this yeah, tea this would become it's not super, a prank. super valuable. It's not yeah. a prank. It's a product. <laughs> yep. Good. Company is saved. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> find us on the web at deucebigelow.com. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I last night I finally was able to get the overall structure of the familiar of the year <laughs> sketched out. So, uh, God damn it. It's becoming another one of those Decembers. You're it's fired. entirely my fault, though. Yeah. Uh, hey, questions? Sure, sure. Attack Ferret says, Hey, guys. Appropriate for this week, I would like to give thanks for the fantastic game that you guys pour so much of yourselves into. I've been playing for about five years now, but still consider myself a casual player, and I really appreciate the fact that on many podcasts, Jake and Co. really strive to keep the casual player in mind when items are added and updates are made. I also appreciate the fact that you're supported by donations rather than forced subscriptions. I avoid pay-to-play games like The Plague and honestly would in all likelihood of not joining the KOL community if mandatory subscription was required. That being said, I would like to note that for quite a while, I've been religiously donating to the kingdom and enjoy being able to support the game. Again, let me give thanks for you to you for being able to somehow maintain my waning attention span these past years longer than any other game by providing new and evolving content at an incredible rate. I look forward to seeing slash hearing all of you at the next Twitch event. Attack Ferret. Um, well, thank you. Well, thanks, I mean, the game never would have gotten off the ground if we had charged a subscription for it. Yeah. It is weird to encounter someone who avoids pay to play. I mean, it depends on what you mean by pay to play games. Like, someone, it, it surprises me that there is a person who will regularly donate to KOL who will not pay for video games that cost money. I mean, I guess 
it takes all kinds is it of people. Bad or is it is it is he talking about more like like MMOs, like yeah, subscription I, I, MMOs, I, I and not that was he he was talking about like fifteen bucks a month to play WoW. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I only have like five days left in my the Old Republic subscription that I paid for. Didn't Are they really free to play yet? Oh yeah, they okay. they have been for multiple years. I don't I don't keep track. Shamu says, is the fourth bookshelf class skill that uses its own MP-like resource still on the production line? If you don't remember what I'm talking about, you described the resource as fart points the last time you talked about it and didn't have an idea for what the book type would be called because you were out of dumb fantasy synonyms for books. Uh, I don't think we're going to need to do that really in... The new paradigm. Yeah, in a in a post-Type 69 world, I don't think that there is a reason for the bookshelf. I, I Hot Stuff is shaking his head at Just calling it... Type 69, yeah. I, I hate it too, but it's, uh, you know, it is what Chris Moyer called it, and so what it came to be called... Which it, is weird, because we never get to decide what things are called, basically. <laughs> like, well, that's players not... Players decide, and sure. then... That's not necessary. I mean, we get to decide what lots of things are called. I think that okay. just uh, like the ones that we don't decide stand out, especially the ones that we don't decide and that we also don't like. Right. Um, uh, Big Evil Dan says, why does the modern kingdom use meat as a currency when all of the other time periods we've seen through the tower use kroners? Did the council switch to meat because they were sick of time travelers showing up and stealing their money? Was switching back to kroners the cause of the various apocalypses in the post-apocalyptic future? I think it's just that as a side effect of time travel, you see all money as kroners, similarly yeah. to how you can go back to ancient Rome and they're speaking English. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the same it's the same principle that is applied to language in in like say B- Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. You have a Babel wallet. Yeah. No. Oh, oh. Um, I know the Whole Foods down the street accepts Babel wallet now. Yeah, it's super <laughs> handy. You just pay with your dick. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, there's like a, you have to get a microchip. I in, mean, in my in case, it's dick. a macro chip, but, oh. uh, uh, but, but yeah, you just, you just wiggle your dick at the, at the, the clerk. Then you get your goods. Yeah. You get your you goods go and jail. thrown out of the rest. Yeah. <laughs> they throw you out, but they often forget to confiscate your goods before doing so. So this really works for everybody. Uh, Buzz Bert says, I noticed for some choice adventures like a siege in time or the time twitching towers voting phone booth, it's necessary to confirm one option, even if there is only one option left in order to leave the choice adventure and change the main pane to something else, e.g. inventory. Uh, that one extra click pe- feels pretty superfluous. Can it be made history? I should also say thank you for this awesome game and for all the work put into it and fostering of its community. So thanks for all that. Um, yeah, I, so the ability to make choice adventures that you're allowed to just walk away from. Uh, by loading another page as opposed to by selecting a walk away option is fairly new and not a thing that we always remember to apply to every case where it's appropriate. Those two, there's no reason not to do it. it it's probably just part of the thing where we assume that like, because like the voting booth has, is always getting and getting new things and getting them taken away. Like it's easier just to think of it as a place where you have to always confirm to leave. Yeah. But you don't, I mean, I, I'm surprised that I didn't mark that exitable without a choice. It's like, also, while it would be very easy to just count the number of options that we have presented and then know how many options have been presented, a choice adventure doesn't inherently know how many 
right. buttons it has shown you right. at at any point. Like I said, it would be very easy to make it so it did, but that's not that there is not an, an aspect of the sort of internal exceptions to that structure. though too, because like sometimes we alter the the interface. Yeah, sometimes code. the interface of a choice gets um, replaced with something else, and you often use choice adventures as ways of saying i am aware of this state change oh sure no i'm i'm absolutely not saying that all things should be walkable away from only have one right exit node and i feel like you wouldn't want people to accidentally navigate away from that without having seen it yeah 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 so no i would never do and also a lot of those also just take a turn because they're like you know, achieving a quest goal or something. But for things, for conversations, I think there's no reason not to let, like in the general case, unless it is like a conversation where you are given an item and then an item is taken away from you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, like there are times when we're going to need to be able to lock you into a thing. And then if, if we don't let, if we don't toggle this thing on a choice adventure, then we know you're locked in um, because walking away in the middle could break the game logic. But there are also persist over rollover. I forget. Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. If you're like fights don't, but if you're in a choice, I don't know why. I don't know why fights do. Like, I don't know why fights get nuked at rollover. Yeah. It's bullshit. And it leaves, it leads to some bullshit behavior. Yeah. You'll like start a fight, but you won't leave it. So you'll start a fight, pickpocket, and then leave it at rollover and you don't get charged for the fight, which, yeah, that sucks. It is bleeding edge optimization, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, but it's it's shitty bleeding edge optimization, right? Like because mm-hmm. at that point you can't do anything else. It's not fiddly. It's <coughs> it's I think it is fiddly. Actually, I think it is fiddly. You can't. You have to. You have to decide. All right, I'm done dicking around in the mall. Yep. Like I. Eh. But you are opting into that. Like I am fine. Yeah. With that. No, I know. I. Yeah, that I, is like super player choice in that situation yeah i don't like it i'm not gonna change it because i'm sure that there are reasons in lost to the mists of time that it works that way yeah uh glebe says is riff now the head writer of kol how do you all portion out the writing that used to be scully's did scully ever update the crimbo documentation i mean we don't really ever we never really gave titles to anything and it was also like often who wrote the casey Kasem stuff what Casey Kasem stuff? The floating trippy heads. I don't remember. If that was Riff, then sure, he's the head writer. Yeah, he's the head writer. He wrote the Casey Kasem head stuff. Um, I mean, so he in the last Twitch that, event, yeah. like Riff wrote the hit and miss texts, which would have otherwise been Scully there at the beginning. Um, I don't think that Scully ever updated the Crimbo documentation. I have no idea what kind of shape that's in. Yeah, um, I'm not sure either. Uh, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> the docs. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I suspect that we will continue to do what we did in the past, which was sort of it. There were tended like dialogue tends to go to riff and monster hit and miss fleshing out used to tend to go to Scully. But neither one of us will just do those now. I mean, yeah. it's, you, it's you tend to like write. You tend to I feel like your your version is like you'll just do all the stuff that comes to you as you're making stuff up. And then you'll leave a bunch of holes and you'll either come back and fill that in later or you'll assign it to somebody else. Yeah, it is very rare that someone other than me writes a description for an item that I make. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when 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 Riff makes items for a challenge path or, or whatever, when when Mr. Skullhead used to, then they will write them themselves. But 
it I can usually just write an item description on the fly. It's very, very rare cases where I'll be like, uh, I can't figure out how to make this joke and I'll ask somebody else to do it. Um, anyway. Uh, the Inexplicable Blue says, Hello, Asymmetric One. Will you implement a mon- uh, Monster Manuel Factoids leaderboard? A lot of people seem to be interested in it. <sighs> that seems like it would get weirdly static. Yeah, and it also requires that you donate to get on the leaderboard. Yeah. So I I feel less interested in that. Uh, it, two, it, any plans to... Well, hang hmm, on. It might be interesting... Because, yeah, eventually, I mean, the top 10 or whatever is eventually going to all be the same number. But it might be interesting to know the scores of, like, the 10 people nearest to you. Or who are the 10 people nearest to you so that you'd have somebody that you could rival against. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, there's that forum thread that's like, post your Monster Manuel scores. like. Uh, Monster Manuals don't have a score. Like, <laughs> this is just a like they've got a, a comp- they've got a number. They've got a bunch of numbers. Yeah, I mean numbers that you can make go up. Yeah, so therefore no, they can I, be. I, no, I know, I know, I know. I, I I understand what happened here. Right. I'm just I'm trying to describe this as a thing that it is not a thing that we created with the intention of it being a a thing that you track. Sure. And like obviously we could have anticipated that people would want to make that number bigger. Yeah, I like to think of it as just people want that number to be bigger because fighting monsters and reading jokes is fun and KOL is fun. Sure. Uh, two, any plans to expand upon the distant lands, making it a zone or even the frigid Northlands? It'd be neat to have a walrus familiar and a gutted animal for a source of heat and shelter. Um, eat and shelter. Mm. Mm. Them's eat and shelters. My, um, my, my joke, my Tauntaun tweet didn't really find any traction. That's too bad. Yeah. The um and I thought it was too dark to read on the outside. I think a lot of people didn't recognize that as a as a Empire Strikes Back quote. <laughs> um and that day. Anyway. Uh I mean Distant Lands is like all the shore stuff takes place there. Yeah. Distant um, Lands is is a large place. Yep. Uh, three, can we set up a KOL appreciation day? I mean, I'm going to anyway, but where could we send you crap to show our appreciation? I guess to the P.O. box. Yeah. Uh, four, I hope you enjoy your respective holidays if you celebrate anything. Yeah, I suspect that we will enjoy Thanksgivings and then Christmases. Yeah. Is Thanksgiving tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. You doing anything? Uh, I bought some stuffing. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you're just going to eat it right out of the Probably bag that's inside the box play World without, Warcraft, yeah. without even cooking it? <laughs> just crunch, yeah, just crunching it in handfuls as I as I play World of Warcraft. That, that, seems, like, that sounds reasonable. Eat it like grape nuts? Yeah. Assuming that you eat grape nuts by the handful, which no one does. <laughs> no, I prefer to use chopsticks for my grape nuts. Mm, yeah, it's a, it's a, it teaches you precision. That's right. Uh, Sol Vomna says, I finally sat down and checked out the new skills interface. I thought I'd be moving the icons around manually, but the functional option is exactly what I would have set up, except probably better and took less than five seconds. This is great. Ah, well, thank you. I think a lot of people who were initially reluctant to do anything other than talk about how much they hated the new skills interface, once they actually explored some of its features, they have found things to like about it. I mean, also, it just adds the grouping options to the drop down version. So, I mean, yeah, 
you know, people can be shitty on the internet about anything. That is just a fact. But really, with the exception of quick skills going away, which was just paying back technical debt, we will probably figure out a way to give that back to you or something else. What we were actually talking about doing was making another, just adding another frame that's just a skills frame and having different options for where that goes. Mm. Um, because the, I hated that about quick skills that the top menu like toggle. It just always, it always, always felt really flimsy to me. And yeah, it's a big mess. Balance Tor says, I know I've complained several times about the top menu user interface, but I like the new skills page. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, Noobsaw says, is there a way to close chat tabs in mobile browser mode? Can there be if there isn't? Can you not? Does double tapping them not work? I don't know. Hmm. I've not tried. No. I mean, you can. If you type slash clear, it will close all of the PM tabs. Oh, well, I didn't know that. And if you leave the channel. If you exit, actually clear might not. If you exit chat and go back in, it will definitely close them. Right. If you unlisten a channel, it will close it. Right. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe they just want to close it so that it pops up again when there is new. Yeah. If you, But does closing a channel not unlisten to that channel? I think it actually does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vernacio says, afternoon, Jick Riff and Stothuff. Jiff, Rick, and Hot Stothuff. I love the spooky name. By the time I logged in, my clanny had already hard-coded the clan bot to refer to me as your story about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> uh, for my question, have you guys thought about a martial arts-style countering skills? They could respond to the most recent damage dealt to you by a monster and deal proportionate damage. Might be a cool fit for muscle classes who have a lot of HP, but not as much moxie to block damage with. Thanks, and as always, keep up the good work. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's an interesting idea. It's something that... When you do things that you actually have to like read and react to things that are happening in combat, right? That gets kind of fiddly. But I mean, it's just a like a I was like a riposte kind of thing that's just like mm-hmm. whenever you take damage, you do a little back, like just a passively R- doing that. It's interesting. Oh man, riposte. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Soluzar says, I wasn't very I wasn't very inactive during the PvP pirate season, which is nobody's fault but my own. Do you think that pirate seasons and holiday seasons will become a recurring thing, possibly with other theme seasons? I don't know if Chris is planning on repeating any seasons. Um So yeah, I don't know. Oh man, got Mark Knopfler that time. Uh, damned fish says I missed the last Twitch event while it was live, but enjoyed playing through the content afterwards. As always, I'm wondering though, from memory, the Time Bandits have won the majority of the Twitch competitions. Though, correct me if I'm wrong. Do the Time Bandits just have more members than the Time Lords? And if so, would you be opposed to equalizing them a bit, or is there just something else going on? Our incentive program results screwed everything up. No, it results in the teams being exactly the same size almost all the time. But it has, I think, it has caused social issues where. As soon as one side decided to organize, the other side just gets filled up instantly with unorganized people, and it just makes it flops lopsided in terms of organization. Mm. Right. So, like, as soon as like five people are like, "Okay, we're all going to be right, real serious about bandits. this," but I mean the 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 team that so it was bandits won the first contest, bandits won the second contest, lords won the third contest. And so then bandits won the fourth. There was there have only been three. Oh, the, no, the, the one that hasn't been del- the one that hasn't had a yeah. prize delivered yet. Okay, I, I didn't look at the yeah. results for that in the end. Um, fuck, I should 
I should replace still the on the front, front page leaderboard again. Yeah, I always forget about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it just it just keeps happening. I mean, the, because of the way that we distribute different presents to each side, like I think that there's a lot of cases where it's like, well, we don't know whether we're supposed to win or lose yep. because <laughs> people don't actually care about the competition. They just care about the goodies yeah. that they're going to get. Well, I mean, there's some team pride. I mean, if we gave the winners a prize and did not give the losers a prize, that would make the competition a more reasonable thing. But I would also feel like a dick. Like, sure. Because it's not Joe Rando's fault that he's on a team that's less organized. It's not uh, whether you win or lose. It's all the good goodies that you get. Yeah. After the game. It's not over. whether you win or lose. It's the net material gain. Yep. <laughs> the net material game. He who dies with the most toys rules. Picky is a fantastic winter path, says Hand Hand. I've done what I uh, what may well be the only picky run I do, and I'm satisfied I can sit back and enjoy Crimbo and maybe revisit some older challenge paths. I have a few further observations slash questions. A, with regard to the proposal of only having two challenge paths a year, have you considered just making the summer path a combination of two previous paths? Big, slow, and steady, way of the classy fist. Bees hate you because you're an oxygenarian, etc. Obviously, most combinations would be wildly unpopular and or really hard, which is probably why this hasn't been discussed. Yeah, I mean... What it what it comes down to is that it is getting harder and harder to come up with sort of restriction only challenge paths that are fun. And I would rather not do a challenge path and give people a breather and time to focus on previous paths if they wanted to mm -hmm. than what if keep we... doing things that I know aren't gonna be fun. What if we did it did like a, a um uh, uh, like vintage paths like if the summer if the summer one was just an old path gets leaderboards and oh with and, new leaderboards and, yeah and current prizes for the summer or whatever so like and the we could this, just do the summer's path is just that old path again we could just do three a year actually because that would also let us <laughs> non sequitur fart noise time um two avatar of boris has got pretty rough could we have a boris bucket now please now gotten rough yeah, yeah i don't what, what happened i don't understand like what what have we changed that has made it brutal i mean i'm sure some stuff has changed that has made boris yeah, runs trickier. take a lot longer i mean stuff huh. there I think there are probably more quests now that are s dramatically sped up by having something in your offhand. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Than there were when, when Boris was a thing. But he's still fun, so just enjoy your extra time with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three, the fact that there's no point in getting multiple picky tweezers makes me very happy, as I intimated above. If you don't stop doing summer and winter pass, could this be the case for all items that come from them? Yeah, I mean, we would not... Like... We're not. We, the, the goal is not to try to to like incentivize you to do stuff that we know that you don't want to have to. Yeah, do. like the winter path is specifically designed to incentivize people not to do it, which is why I want to just stop doing it because I feel like that's a dumb model. It's it, like it's a like every time I think about this, well, I need to make a path that will not be appealing enough that people will want to do it instead of crimbo, so they won't feel bad. Okay, so I'm setting out to make something bad, and. <laughs> That's the the one needles thing that I, under your fingernails. Path. The one thing that I like in the past for the winter paths is that they are 
theoretical, at least, tools that people can use to have contests. To have contests in the future, yeah. So I mean, that's, that is a ni- nice thing to provide, but we could just do that with summer pads and just not have winter pads yeah. because most people want to do Crimbo stuff and it gives people a chance to take a break. It'll be good. Yeah. I think. I mean, we could also just go with a model where we don't have a summer path if we don't have a good idea for a summer path. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. I mean... Like, all the people that come back for Crimbo will be excited because if if they just come back once a year, they'll get they'll have three challenge paths to do and not feel like they have to do the current one. Yeah. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of really good things to be said about just not having a winter challenge path. Yeah. At the very, at the very least, just not having a winter challenge path. Yeah. Like... Because then that's three and then... That just there's just one a year that we want to do that's like minimal. Yeah, and we just think of interesting. But it doesn't have frameworks. to be it. It doesn't the summer one I guess doesn't have to be the same kind of. What did we do last? What was the last summer path? Uh, was it uh, class act? Oh, two? slow and steady. Slow and oh, steady. Slow and steady. Yeah. Um, that didn't need to be a thing that didn't compete with Crimbo, right? Like the, the summer paths have a slightly different rule set. Like they can be interesting sets of restrictions. Right. I don't mind having rewards that incentivize multiple runs for those, but I'm definitely not going to do that for Crimbo. Like the, the speculation about what the tweezers were going to be was like, ah, come on guys, you're not, you're, you're not, not paying attention through. to us. Like, yeah. it, the, um, you know, it, 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 I mean, part of it was as the path was rolling out, hot stuff was like, they should get something, even if it's just display case fodder for, for doing this. I'm like, ah, okay, fine. What I should have said was they do. It's the Thwaite gold thing <laughs> because that's what that is. Sure. I mean, so what it, what it amounted to is we you had, get, you'll get that six months from now. If you do the path, we put something. Yeah, that's true. That this is, is, that is, is true. This, this is a categorically different thing. I hadn't thought of it that way, yeah, but this is the thing that it, you the, get for doing it. Well, the problem with it was that we were like, Oh, we should give them something, but then we just didn't have any ideas for what. And so it ended up just being this, like, Oh, this thing that sticks out as not being implemented. And then we didn't have a good idea for it. So then whatever we came up with, it was going to be disappointing based on what people expected. Whereas if it had just done what it does now, they would have been like, Oh, okay. That's what this thing is. As opposed to, although people, People still, even once it had a, a function, they were like, uh, I wonder if it changes if you send more or whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. I mean, I guess there probably still would have been the this can't be all speculation. I mean, I think of those tweezers as a thing for wh- what you should do with your multiples is give them to a new player. Because for them, it's just a free turn or 300 meat. And right. I think that that is a cool thing for them. Um. That is the kind of thing that that is the kind of assistance that I would like for you to give a newbie casting every buff on them and giving them a hundred thousand meat and explaining plus and minus non combat to them is not the fucking kind of thing that I think that you should be doing for new players like Jesus Christ. The, The interesting thing to me is that like. Every new player is going to relate to the game differently, right? There are people who just want a casual 15 yeah. minutes a day experience. And that's like the game can provide that for them and they'll be happy. And then there are the people who are like, wish are going to wish that they had known about the wiki from moment one and they're different people. And you can't like, you can't make all of them happy. And like, I think we do a decent job of, yeah, making some of them happy because they they sort of happen into the right situation. But that's I mean, that's just how everything works, right? Like there are books and TV shows and movies out there that you would freaking love that you've never heard of. And that's just how the world works, right? Like, 
I just, that's, you know, a book that you, maybe even a book that you started that you would totally love if you could just get past the first hundred pages. Right. Man, there there was that person in that newbie retention thread. There was the like, yeah, my son played and he got frustrated with how long it took him right. to farm the bugbear outfit. I'm like, why the fuck was he doing that? Well, was he trying to get to the bugbear bakery and was frustrated and was like, I want to get in here. How do I get in here? Because it's like, you know, because filthy humans aren't allowed or whatever. Sure. But I mean, like you could have. Here's the thing. You could have taken a clover to the shittiest clover adventure in the game and then bought both of those pieces of gear on the flea market. Like I, what, oh, yeah. what is the situation in which a new player thinks I need to farm the bugbear outfit as natural drops. And the only, the only user story that I can come up with that results in that is just having been given bad advice by someone. I can imagine a situation where you get one piece of it. So you know that there's an outfit and then you and you know that there's a store that you that you can't get into and you're like oh well i guess i just need to keep killing these bugbears until i get the other one and because they have 2% drop rate or whatever and you're on the long tail and you don't have any plus item right. stuff or whatever i mean it's not even a long tail with a 2% drop rate like they're just not supposed to be very common no no i know but like for an individual it has yeah, a yeah, huge yeah. long tail i um, mean but it's not a long tail is i think of the everyone gets the long tail like the long tail is I think of a long tail as like, oh, one out of every 100 people are going to go a thousand turns without getting this. Right. Whereas this is like, no, everyone is going to take a long time to get this if they're well, just trying to get it to drop. I mean, 2% of people get it right away. <laughs> right? No, 2% two, 2 of the number, like 2% of people get it from the first one of that monster they encounter. Sure. Right. Like it's, you know, like I thought I thought of something the other day that I'm curious as to whether. You know, if I do this, I should just not ever mention it. Because if I never mention it, it can never be exploited. So I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, we we just love tormenting yeah. our audience. Oh, I, I came up with this great joke that I can't uh, that the act of saying it onto a recording device will cause all of us to explode. Yeah, no, it's like the it's like the surefire method of curing the hiccups that only works once. I yeah. don't want to. Uh, people have. I, I need to reply to the people who have asked me yeah. about it because you have to learn it. It's better but to learn to it learn by it. somebody using it to cure your hiccups. Right. And yeah, it will and slowly propagate throughout the population. Yeah. We need to start. We need to start going to more places where people drink a lot. <laughs> I wonder specifically we, where to women find, like, drink a hiccup lot. Hiccup con. I wonder if we could sell an app for ninety nine cents on the on the iTunes store. This Instantly is cure your hiccups once. once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. So. Yeah. I. I mean. Maybe. Maybe you. Maybe the problem for new players is that it's too frustrating to farm the bugbear outfit, but I don't think so. And that is why it These is very anecdotes too, right. right? Like that's the other thing is like that happened to one person and that does not happen to most people, you know? Yeah. The you know, we have actually, I mean, there has been some good thoughtful yeah absolutely productive stuff in there so like but it, it is such a it is such it. a hard thing sure it is it is a it is a thing that is just going to be just because you can't know right you cannot know as somebody especially as the sort of like 
person who is continuing to play KOL, even though they don't really like it anymore, who tends to be the people who talk the most in the forums, you just can't know. Like you're, you're trying to apply a perspective that is so old from your own point of view that a, you don't remember what it was like and B it's also not like that anymore. Yeah, a lot of things yeah. have changed. And, and that's the number, the number of things in the newbie thread that are like, they should do this. We did five years ago. Like it's true. It just, it demonstrates like how much chaff and how little wheat there is to be found in that sort of pool of feedback. And, and it's, you know, it's just, it, that's just, it's not a problem with our community. It's just a problem with the way the world works. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Sausage says, in the last podcast, you discussed practically killing off tatters. I wouldn't weigh in on that, except that demon summoning is a useful and fun daily activity in Aftercore. Three per ascension would make that prohibitively expensive. Perhaps summoning a demon could merely burn the ink off the paper? Spooky. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I'm not really going to do that. Uh, ACM says, in addition to the general sanity of the new skills options, the category layout has resurrected several skills that I permed at some point and then never remembered to use. Heck, some of the holiday skills and other obscure perms, I never even learned their names. So now they come as <laughs> options whenever I want to get something done. Fab. Thanks for that voodoo that you do. That's kind of a neat, unintended yeah. consequence. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it, what is I, this skill? How long I, have I had this? <laughs> I know that, I know that this is not a thing that I'm allowed to say. But the new skills interface is just objectively better than the old one. It just is. What what do you, what's your problem with drop downs, pal? <laughs> Man, that you, you know, you you can't win. You just can't win. You like like why do all these interfaces look like they're from 1991 because people literally stab me when I try to change one of them. Literally with a knife made of literal Metal. Green and 72 says, Dear Jick, fortune cookies in KOL. Thoughts? Uh, super shitty, pointless relic at this point. Because of the quest tracker. Because of the quest tracker, yeah. I'm, I don't remember if the tutorial still gives you fortune cookies. I don't remember either. I think he does. I can't swear to that, but I remember because you had us all play through the tutorial recently. Yeah. And I feel like he did tell me about fortune cookies but i'm i, I should make it I'm stop that up or not i should make it stop and i should maybe just also take the fortune cookies out of the store <laughs> people, people use those i know time. i know and man we could just come up with more funny joke fortunes i i wish i wish that semi-rares weren't a thing like i feel like that is that is one of the things that you can point to. So semi-rares are a thing that you can point to that I understand why that adds a really significant amount of fiddliness to a run, right? They were intended to just be these kind of bonusy things that you would unpredictably get every once in a while. Right. And then I think you probably understood you hot stuff that it would potentially be strategically useful to trade one fullness for knowledge about that. And that is in a vacuum, really interesting. Now it just feels like part of too much to me, to some extent, 
And like, I wonder if there are more interesting means of like, I think the optimal hot dog is a more interesting way of making that happen. Right. By forcing it. So some mechanism that some mechanism whereby say there were no longer clover adventures and semi rares, but that semi rares were just clover adventures, except in aftercore or on your first run where you would periodically get them on the semi rare counter, but unpredictably. So, right. Like in a run, you would just be given some fixed number of opportunities to use these, but they would happen when you decided that they were going to, and it wouldn't be a thing that you had, it wouldn't be a thing that you had to keep track of. It would be a thing that you just had to know what your options were and use it when you wanted to. Right. And I, I just feel like that would be kind of better. And I mean, you're still tracking because you don't have to track turns. You still have to like keep track of when you want stuff. And it just, and it doesn't seem fun to me. Like that doesn't, it seems like a thing that adds, it adds strategic depth, but it doesn't add fun. And so I think something that added the same strategic depth that did not diminish fun might be a little better. And, you know, we could, we probably won't do this, but I think we could. I mean, I don't, I don't think that I would put something like semi rares in a KOL two. You know, I think that. I, I think that probably a lot of what I would do in a KOL 2 is I would split the parts of the game that I think are fun and the parts of the game that serious competitive people think are fun way more explicitly and then just not have to worry about a given change affecting every aspect of gameplay the way that it does now. Like... That sounds okay in theory, but I'm curious how that would actually play out in real life. Yeah. Because how do you separate gameplay into sort of competitive bits and non-competitive bits in a way that is still holistic? Well, the competitive bits and the non-competitive bits share the same rules. They just don't share everything. Mm. Right. So, I mean, so imagine, imagine that instead of, so you just have KOL as it is now, but there are no leaderboards for speed. You just, you just exist in the, in the, in the world. Yeah. And every X amount of time you get a ticket to the adventure races. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to, when you go to be an adventure racist, (laughs) you say, all right, you get to take five skills and three items with you into this adventure race. And then it starts you at zero. You have, you have unlimited, you you just like play it until you're done. Right. right? And then you don't get to, you don't get things that you get to keep and take with you necessarily. It's just like, all right, I'm just going to do a speed run today. So you do a speed run. And then when you're done with the speed run, you just pop back out and then you can just like play your turns or whatever. And your guy is just how he was just isolating Okay. A but, competitive thing like that. But the things that you make in the regular game are still going to have an impact on that. Sure. Adventure race. Right? right. Right. Okay. I guess I didn't understand what the, what you were saying then. Cause like, but isn't that how people pl- play now though? Like, no, because it, no, 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 no. It's not at all how we, it, it, like, because if we make a change to a zone now mm-hmm. that is, this is makes things paced better 
for a new player, it fucks up everybody's run forever because everyone is playing in everyone is people are playing a huge variety of different sports on literally the same field. Right. And it would be nice to not have to worry about that. So the adventure race wouldn't take place in the same field. No, it would be, Uh, it would be an isolated thing that had its own set of rules that was made and then done. And then later on, here's a different adventure race and it's a different kind of thing. Yeah. Right. But is the, I think that is the model that I would, would go with. Taking if I, some of your stuff with you through, but potentially, but it, it it depends. It depends on the race. Some of them would, and some of them wouldn't. But it wouldn't be like, all right, so everyone has to. There's a hardcore mode, and then there's a regular mode, and then there's a sort of regular mode, and then there's a challenge mode. Like, sure, it they would just be things that we made, and then could make new things as opposed to it all being. But and like the is... larger worldy part of it can just grow arbitrarily and have as many things as we want in it. And maybe we add a thing to his own and it has an impact on a past adventure race or whatever and shakes up the leaderboards for that one. And that's fine. But it isn't isn't having rolling leaderboards also solve this problem. It would if people cared about them, but they don't like they like basically we solve this problem and then the competitive community goes out of its way and does a bunch of work to reintroduce the problem for themselves with KOLDB. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like we, we, we have tried to create a situation in which we can make runs longer and, and it's, it's okay. It's entirely possible that people would play that game differently than you would want them to, too. Like they'd figure out some way to make the, the non-competitive game competitive. Sure. But that's fine. That is okay. Yeah. But just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe my vision for what a KOL 2 would look like is stupid, but I I would just, I would not, I would not create a bunch of the situations that we have created with this one where we can't do something because it would be too shitty and hardcore. Hmm. Like, we can't do this fun thing because it would be abused for leaderboard jockeying. Like... We can't do X because Y, where Y is Bad Moon or PvP or whatever, right? Just sure. having, I mean, that is why challenge paths are so fun to work on. And the fact that they are so fun to work on shines through in how fun they are to play because it's like, oh man, <laughs> just using these rules to make another little game is awesome. <laughs> you know, and if that's just what if that's what Ascension was, was. Yeah. Like what if, I mean, this is impossible really, but what if each time you ascended, it was just a totally different world too, right? Like, and maybe you like repeat it occasionally, but like, I don't know that I don't necessarily know that Ascension would be a thing large in a larger sense. Huh? Right. Like, I mean, maybe you could change classes and start over and it would basically be like Ascension. But like, you know, and maybe you like in order to be the most competitive in this new adventurer race, you need a couple of Postomancer skills and a couple of Seal Clubber skills to go through it. So with your main character, you have to get all of those. But it's not like the act of character growth also being the thing that is competitively cared about 
is a little weird. Deciding what you want to incentivize people to do from the outset is interesting. Yeah, it would make yeah. a big it would make a big difference, I think. I mean, because the you know, we just we didn't get to make a lot of decisions about this and probably a lot of things have turned out better in KOL than if we had made decisions about what they should have been like, yeah. you know? I mean, Richard Garfield wanted Arabian Nights to have a different colored card back, so to have just been a different and separate game that you couldn't intermingle, and, you know, hmm. being talked out of that decision made it a much, much, much better game. I, I probably would have liked it more if he had gotten his way, but I wouldn't have had the chance to like it for... 25 years but i mean that's a little different i mean i i don't think we're getting a lot of like george lucasing going on here but i think that things scenes developing organically driving what we ended up doing has resulted in some good things also in some bad things but Hmm. Sausage says, Dear Jick Stuff and Hot Riff, in the last few podcasts, people have asked, why can't I sort by non-combat chance modifiers more often than not? Well, uh, the standard, i.e. Jick's answer, is because there are numbers there and they aren't exposed. Uh, my response to this is twofold. Response, the first, those numbers are currently exposed in a PvP mini. Yeah, I guess that's true. Response, the second, what if we could filter equipment by blue text? I'd really like to be able to filter by the keyword restores, for example. Hmm. Yeah. Blue text is blue text is yeah, it is currently post hoc. Yeah. Um Anyway, another suggestion that would keep me from getting beaten up so often, could we add a trigger to the end of a combat macro that would call a chat macro after combat ends? On second thought, that really needs predicates and chat macros to be useful, so maybe stash this idea for the future. I am actually okay with a chat macro system that has predicates like there's I, I the problem now is that allowing a macro to fire after combat could just create... I don't want to provide the tools to automate play within the game itself, and that would. If you could have a macro that automatically ran after combat, that macro could use GoTo to automatically adventure. Like, a chat macro can make you adventure now in a way that it didn't used to be able to. Right. Um but only once, so that's okay. Um, anyway, I love it when you do spooky names for people. Do you do festive holiday names too? If not, let me kick off the tradition. I bequeath you Jick the Halls with riffs of hot stuff. You know, because you guys are a Cerberus. <laughs> Actually, I'm a Cerebus. Women, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now make me Pope. Uh, hmm? The Pope becomes pope for a while i think yeah oh does cerebus become pope yeah. oh i never i've never read any oh, okay cerebus. my <laughs> familiarity before it really went off the rails is that yeah, storyline? So this is my the entirety of my exposure to cerebus is john blee's forum avatar <laughs> which is a picture of cerebus and i said what's that oh it's cerebus and then i read the wikipedia article about cerebus so <laughs> not seen any of it um Saul Omnis says, hi guys, I heard you on the last podcast about how it's, uh, I heard you saying on the last podcast how it's hard to come up with all the boring challenge paths and maybe doing two a year instead. I understand how four could get nutty, but I think two might result in player fatigue. Uh, hmm. 
Plus, it might suck in an avatar path with, say, no familiars and then wondering if a familiar item in the month would sell or not. What about three? An avatar path, a contenty path, and one that's mechanically interesting and limiting like winter paths has been. Yeah, that's, I mean, sort of what hot stuff suggested. I don't actually think that it would be a good idea to make a path last six months. I was just talking about having a path and then not having a path and then having a path and then not having a path. Other people suggested having them last six months. I don't hate the idea of an avatar path being six months long, but it would be hard to sell items of the month. I feel like this upcoming avatar path has a lot of content. <laughs> it does. So it's sort of a combination. Oh, I mean, avatar paths are content paths, but content paths are not avatar paths. I would say. Oh, uh, okay. Like. Because you just play as yourself. When I say content path, I mean something like bugbears or yeah, a thing where you are your regular person, but there is more going on. Heavy rains content. I feel like uh, the the new path doesn't have appreciably more content than Zombie Master did. That was a lot of content. Yeah, it was a lot of content in that. Yeah. Like, True. And a lot of ruining the game the for fucking ever. So many people, like, breaking the economy of the Twitch mini events by being in Zombie Slayer. Oh, really? Yeah. How does, like, how does that mess it up? Smash and Grag being that guaranteed... I probably ought to just make that not as powerful. You and your stupid turtle thing and your rave combos and all of your like guaranteed <laughs> item drop bullshit. You know, I don't, I don't make up the numbers for these. <laughs> mm, yeah. You describe them and uh, see what happens is you, when, when Scully would design a challenge path or a piece of content or something, he would just kind of vaguely describe it. And then I would figure out what it should do and implement it. Whereas you describe things in enough detail that I can say, CD Moyer, just do what Riff says. And then he does. And then some of it is dumb. <laughs> so I don't know which is worse. The thing that is, the thing that is less work for me and sometimes dumb. Or, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean, Riff. It's no, not like, it's not like, like, but yeah, I mean, like their rave combos, like the, this stuff is only revealed to be broken in ways that bother me in the fullness of time. And, and plus, you know. like, rave combos in, in particular, that was, like, one of the very first things I wrote when, That's I, true. when I started out here, so... Uh, Saul Omnis continues, Picky is pretty cool, and I'm having fun dealing with the results of my terrible decisions. How come no graphical interface for picking the skills familiars? Is that because I'm a terrible curmudgeon and I'm still using the Dropbox? I really do like the new interface. I just haven't sat down to get it set up right. No, uh, that is because Picky was conceived and executed in like an hour by C.D. Moyer. Um, we were working on a path and it just wasn't fun and it wasn't getting tested because it wasn't even fun enough to test. That's the second time that's happened. What was the, what was the other one? The first one was novelty addict, which turned into way of the surprising fist because um, I just freaked out. I'm like, I fuck this, fuck this. This isn't cool. Cause we were, we were like, that was, we'd implemented the entire like heradric novelty funnel in your right. campground. And at that point, it was like, God, we're just, we're coming up with ways to fix a problem that we literally just created for ourselves. <laughs> like, this is dumb. Maybe what we need Bad. to do is combine these two, the, these two dumped paths into, into one new hole. Uh, one worst path ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zauriache says, Hey, Jeff and Rib. So I was wondering, can we karma, uh, can we a karma get for doing 500 of the basement? Cool beans, brah, sunglasses emoticon. <laughs> Man, I like text representation of that. Probably not. Sexy Fork says, Will you be implementing any gear that increases the 200 adventure cap? Oh, that'd be a weird thing for oh, gear to do. Huh. 
like hibernation briefs. (laughs) Bearskin sleeping bag. Snowdove says, how many levels of the time twitching tower will there be? Will some levels ever be uh, leveled? No, I don't imagine ever getting rid of levels because I like like, exist in time. I like watching it grow. I'm really happy with the way that that thing has turned out. It's Um, neat. I, I like I like that it's getting tall enough now that you have to scroll down the page. Yep. Uh, Rever Killer says, if you could remove any mechanic of the game instantly and have all of the complicated parts done for you, what would you remove and why? It's not. I mean, the complicated parts are not what I'm worried about. The it's the fan reaction and emotional response. And I mean, whether legitimate or not, you know. I mean, I guess any any emotional response is as legitimate as any other emotional response. That's not how emotions work. Um. I don't know. Um, I mean, if there was something that if if I was allowed to just do a thing and there would be a genie that would make it so no one was upset about it, I would dramatically, dramatically reduce the turn gen on consumables. Um, I think I could probably get away with it anyway. I think there would be some hemming and hawing and gnashing of teeth. I don't think that it would make a significant number of people quit that we suddenly went out of business. It would be unpopular. It would be unpopular. But, I mean... It would change a lot of things, because the numbers are not that high to begin with. And by compressing the values, it would change a lot of dynamics, I think. Yeah. But I don't think it would be necessarily in bad way. I mean, it's the number of people in that, like, what do you like and what do you not like about KOL thread? They're like, it takes too long to play it properly. Like, absolutely understood. At At that high level. Has less to do with number of turns, I think, and more to do with just the sheer abundance of options. But more turns definitely takes, like, definitely increases the amount of time. But, like, you could have 40 turns to play in a day. And it could still take you all day if you're trying to like eke out the absolute right. optimal. But, but it, I mean, stuff out of that, right? Like, I think it's people I talk about turns taking twenty minutes each because they're like trying to figure right. out. Okay, well now do I need I, to like yes, I, I, which familiar? I, I, I understand I that. So for a person who is spending twenty minutes per turn, yeah, I don't understand how you can, in good faith, argue that giving them half as many turns wouldn't reduce the amount of time that it took to play them, right? Is your argument that is that if turns were a more precious resource, they would spend even more time thinking is, about how best to spend them? I mean, yeah. I think that might account for like 5%. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible to say. I, I understand. I understand your point. But like some because somebody who is really casual can just blow through all of their turns real fast, regardless of the number of turns they have. Yeah. So odd jobs, buddy. Well, sure, there's, I mean, there's Work that. Work for Bart. But, like, even making quest progress, you can just sort of blip, 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 blip. It's it's when you're trying to eke out small, shorter runs or whatever that it begins to get, yeah. to get complicated. I mean, I also think that turn gen is kind of out of control for casual people, you know? I mean, when we just, this is our problem. That is one aspect of the game where we grew up instead of growing out. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it just kind of sucks. You know, yeah, I could just boil the frog 
slowly and beat the gong lowly. Uh, sorry, it, we're out in El Paso now. Um, yeah, is that from El Paso? Yeah. Be- beat the gong lowly, I think is it. I don't know what that is. No idea. No, it's not. Fuck. Bang the drum lowly and be- beat the bang the drum slowly and beat the gong lowly. God damn it. Because I think my dad used to. Yeah. Anyway, we'll to, uh, I'm sure someone will recognize it until. Yeah, no, I'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, I could just real slowly start reducing the yields on high end consumables. So eventually, everything just gives you one adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Griffin P says there was some confusion on the Twitch uh, stream over whether or not the Chrono Cross is worse than the trigger. Allow me to explain. Three possible outcomes for the Chrono Cross are that it returns nothing, it returns two, or that it returns three. If we average zero, two, and three together, we get an expected average of one point six six, repeating, which at first glance seems to be better than the Chrono's guaranteed one. But you consume one when you activate it. As a result, the possible outcomes are not zero, two, and three. They are negative one, plus one, or plus two. Averaging these values is an average net gain of point six six. Sure. It turns out that the way that you influence it is real dumb and no one would ever understand it i mean oh, yeah. it's not dumb it's just like wow why did we think anyone would figure that out okay so it can be better you're just never going to understand why or how <laughs> we, i remember i remember thinking about this and i was like this is this is better they just won't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but i forget i forget now that you said that i've forgotten what we did yeah, no it makes that you would never figure it out okay like that's it cool I had to look at the code, and even when I looked at the code, I had to look up what the fuck the code was talking about. <laughs> like, Accordion to me, 69, says, Will the ghost of the English language ever rest in peace, or will there be a quest where you can give the spirit a human body so that he can do even more good and give everyone inspirational speeches that may or may not include mayonnaise the instrument? What? I don't understand instrument. that question. <laughs> Hey, nice job with Picky, says Sarcasm Age. It's not a lot of added content, but it has interesting strategic choices. On that note, is there going to be any way to look at people's ascension history to see what they chose? How about looking at your own to remind you what your good and bad choices were? How about accumulative tracking of top 11 skills chosen by all players on this path? That one would be, would be interesting. Um, so when we started talking about that, I think it was one of those dev conversations that got too aggravating in a hurry, and so nothing happened, where it was like, I think maybe Chris was storing what choices you made and then could have put that in the Ascension history when you ascended. But then people in dev were like, people will immediately ask for the ability to hide that. And then we were like, eh, fuck it. We could just hide everything. And then he's like, well, that'll fuck up KLDB. Yeah. And then so it just was like, yeah, here's a let, let's just not set foot into that morass at all. Yep. You can always tell people. Yeah. Write it down. You could, and and if you want them, if you want to fuck up their competitive chances, you can just lie to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Crimbo, he continues. Can we get a little guy named Hugh who would follow you around and remind you to plant plants? The biggest problem with the florist is forgetting to use him. Remember, Hugh and only Hugh can promote florist friars. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I was gonna say I'm hungry. I am hungry too. We should go to dinner and then have another podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening to the KOL show, everybody. Yeah. Have a great Thanksgiving. Everybody. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. I hope. I maybe. In fact, maybe you're listening to this as you are digesting Shawing your down. Thanksgiving meal. That's right. Or or sitting there gnashing at the bit, waiting to get your to get your to get your mitts and your bits on those 
Those sweet, sweet, sweet potatoes. Sweet, sweet meats. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. <laughs>